2: And I would just say, Sarah, that, that journalists make honest mistakes, and that doesn't make them fake news. But uh, the question but that when I when journalists make honest mistakes, they should own up to them. Uh, sometimes, and a lot of times you don't. The president, the president but there's a difference, the there's the a very big... I'm sorry, I'm not play. finished. Okay. There's a very big difference between making honest mistakes and purposefully misleading the American people. Something that happens regularly. Me, like, you can't you say, I'm them, not like, done. You, you, you cannot say... say that was completely
0: fake, Sarah, you cannot say...
2: That it's an honest mistake when you're purposely putting out information that you know to be false. A few days
1: ago I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. The fake news
0: attacking the media, we can't let them do this to us. Fraudsters and then called
1: the press a stain on America.
0: He does not go after big targets that he doesn't think he can beat.
1: He's he's using language in actually very effective ways.
0: Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who swears he doesn't watch four to eight hours of television a day, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. That's what the New York Times reported over the weekend in a story that seemed to provoke Trump to new paroxysms about the media. He tweeted that he never watches Don Lemon of CNN, whom he calls the dumbest man on television. He said that the fake news media writes purposely false and defamatory stories, major lies, which he says are a stain on America. He called for a Washington Post reporter to be fired for a mistake on Twitter, even though the reporter quickly corrected it and apologized. The president conflates honest error with fraud because he doesn't know what honest error is. Liars don't make honest mistakes. They're liars. So to Trump, mistakes are lies. But how should the press, which has been making a lot of really bad mistakes lately, respond to the president's assault? I'll be back to discuss that with the Washington Post press critic Eric Wemple, right after we do the tweets.
1: Another false story, this time in the failing New York Times, that I watch four to eight hours of television a day. Wrong. Also, I seldom, if ever, watch CNN or MSNBC, both of which are considered fake news. I never watched Don Lemon, who I once called the dumbest man on television. Bad reporting. CNN's slogan is, CNN, the most trusted name in news. Everyone knows this is not true, that this could, in fact, be a fraud on the American people. There are many outlets that are far more trusted than fake news CNN. Their slogan should be, CNN, the least trusted name in news. David Weigel, Washington Post, put out a phony photo of an empty arena hours before I arrived at the venue, with thousands of people outside on their way in. Real photos now show, as I spoke, packed house, many people unable to get in, demand an apology, and retraction from fake news wapo.
0: I'm joined today by Eric Wemple. He's the press critic for The Washington Post. Eric, thanks for joining me.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I very much appreciate it.
0: So you heard Sarah Huckabee Sanders at at the briefing today, and she says the press is not making honest mistakes. It is intentionally distorting the truth, and it is not correcting its mistakes, if they are honest mistakes what's the answer to that?
2: Well, I don't think that's, I mean, she cited this, the instance of ABC News, Brian Ross. She was asked point blank by Jim Acosta of CNN, what if any uh, media outlets have done this, have purposely misled the American public? And she said, sure, I'll give you an example. ABC News, Brian Ross, blah, 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 did this and that. And they had to suspend them. So they, um, they conceded that this was a pretty big problem. Um, so she sort of like, she didn't say outright that ABC News purposely misled the public, but pursuant to, question about what news outlets were purposely misleading the public. She cited ABC News. And, um, you know, ABC News first issued a clarification, then a correction, and then they suspended the guy for four weeks, and then they um, issued an apology. So it seems to me that if you're purposely misleading people, you don't issue corrections. And that's, that sort of tracks back to the, the origin of this whole fake news thing. Fake news arose... The term really roared back into the public last November or, you know, toward the end of the uh, 2016 election, and it was known as something done by people who were committed to planting false and malicious stories and who were immune or inured or whatever, resistant to I- um, issuing corrections. That has not been the case with uh, media outlets. I think media outlets are generally <laughs> um, reluctant to issue corrections, but they do when they're forced to, and that's what's been going
0: Going on. So. I mean, there have been some bad mistakes lately that major news organizations have made. And of course, they're not intentional distortions. No sane person or no person knows anything actually thinks that. I doubt Sarah Huckabee Sanders even thinks that. Maybe Donald Trump thinks it. But some of these mistakes are bad enough that they fall into a kind of gray area of negligence don't you think, where the mistake, there's so much sloppiness that you have to hold someone responsible for doing something that's a little worse than the, the just kind of the normal error rate of journalism.
2: I agree with that. I think that the that the, the ABC News mistake where they said that Trump had directed his um, advisor, Michael Flynn, to contact the Russians during the campaign, and it turned out that directive was issued during the transition, and there is a world of difference, obviously. One is collusion during a campaign, the other is business as usual during a presidential transition. That is an enormous mistake. I I, I agree with your point about negligence. That is more than garden variety journalistic miscue. And it has a huge impact, as we saw in the stock market and so forth. The CNN thing, uh, similarly, was a reporter taking an email And characterizing that email without having seen it.
0: So just to be clear, this is this was the CNN story that Don Trump Jr. was receiving this key from WikiLeaks, you know, before the story was published, which would be a huge deal versus the reality, which is that he got it after it was published, which means there was no story at all.
2: It's like if you sent me a link to a story, like, hey, yeah. check this out. You know, it's just like uh, that's business as usual on email. And so those are both really, really big mistakes. And I agree with you that something beyond the usual just corrective um, response may be warranted. But still, the the fact that th- they're getting corrected is something that is not But nobody, at least in the White House and the critics, uh, they don't even seem to take account of that. And so my concern is that if if news organizations don't even get the mitigation that comes along with issuing corrections and retractions, they're going to stop bothering it doesn't seem to help any, you know, the, the mistake is made and the mistake is made. And that's the level I think reflects the level of distrust that's out there now.
0: You're saying they all start behaving like Fox News, which is more the kind of behavior that Sir Huckabee Sanders is talking about, where you're, you're engaging in intentional distortion and you're not owning up to it when you're called out.
2: Ever, ever, yeah. ever. I mean, Fox News will issue the correction, but you've really got to nail them to the wall on it.
0: <laughs> they've got to have – they've yeah, they've got to have no choice. But let's talk about – so these – to talk about the mistakes themselves a little bit more. I mean, these were not the first mistakes about the Russia story. There was the earlier episode when the three CNN reporters, including Eric Lichblau, a very well-regarded investigative reporter, were fired for getting this story wrong about, I think, Anthony Scaramucci having some connection to a Russian investigator. Fun. Why are there so many serious mistakes? And by serious mistakes, I mean the story is basically wrong, uh, happening around the Russia story.
2: I am going to say that it comes from partisanship on the Hill. You know, if you look back to the Benghazi thing, there were a lot of mistakes as well that came off of the Hill. If you remember, John Carl was reporting on Benghazi emails back in 2012 or 2013, and they gave him a... Uh, a very sort of like uh, the same problem that basically CNN had over this past weekend with you know, we'll read a little bit of this email to you and it shows that the Obama administration was conspiring to suppress the truth about Benghazi and then when they released the emails it turned out that wasn't true. So I think it's, 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 it's a partisanship in sourcing and I think a lot of it comes from Capitol Hill. That's, that would be my diagnosis. Um, no, I think you're and,
0: right because these stories, I mean the CNN story Story, I think, and the ABC story, I mean, pretty clearly, if you read, you know, the what right. they say about the source. it's coming from the congressional investigation. So, obviously, it's coming from the Democratic side. And there's some combination of wishful thinking and hyperbole exactly. that they're saying, you know, look, we got this email. And they're, they're not often forwarding the email for examination. They're describing the email. Right, so exactly. a lot can get lost and, in translation there with partisanship.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, the Scaramucci thing that had the three people forced out, forced resignation, that also originated on Capitol Hill. was it? Did it, did it not pertain to Scaramucci um, and the congressional investigation of some sort? Um, I believe it was.
0: Um, I, I honestly can't remember. This or, was a couple months ago, which is the equivalent of 27 in June, years think, yeah. in our current yeah, media yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a similar dynamic. So a lot of these things do trace back. You know, there are very, very few independent, honest broker arbiters up on Capitol Hill. You know what I mean?
0: So for journalists, the message is slow down, be more careful. These mistakes at the moment are, first of all, they're, they're really not excusable and they can have a devastating consequence in this political environment. But what about the other side? Let's go back to the administration. I mean, Trump was calling again, for a journalist to be fired over the weekend. And in that case, it was your colleague Dave Weigel who made a minor honest mistake that he very swiftly corrected when he tweeted a photograph from the Trump rally in Pensacola that made it look like there were fewer people there. So that was like that. I mean, again, all mistakes are bad, but it was on Twitter. It was not. It was a picture of a rally. It was not accusing him of colluding with Russia. It was pointing to something he, of course, does, which is exaggerating crowd size
2: and I mean for Trump, colluding with Russia and crowd size are about on the same plane right i mean if you if you If you rip Trump over crowd size i mean you're you're right on his hot buttons but yes, uh, this was I, I think that Weigel, obviously, if he had it over would 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 come to a sense about trump 's sensibilities regarding crowd size. Um, uh, if it had been anything else, Trump probably would not have tweeted back directly at him and called him fake news. But yet this is something that Weigel was you know, sort of a model of journalistic rectitude, and this is exactly the opposite, as you said, of the negligence standard that you would uh, rightly attach to these other things. This is something where honest journalistic mistake, stupid, uh, apologize, get out – But these things just don't go this way. You know, this is not a correction. An apology doesn't tie up anything these days. The story continues today into the briefing where it kicked off um, this interaction with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders today because one of the reporters asked her. Donald Trump was obviously, you know, very upset about this crowd tweet. But is he equally upset about organized disinformation campaigns from Russia? And she was she, she just went off on Weigel <laughs> and didn't really address the russia disinformation campaign so it was it was a very eye opening uh, proceeding well it's
0: it's so often the case there's this projection effect where Trump accuses other people of the thing he 's guilty of, which is right, right. lying and distorting, which the press isn't doing but do you agree with me i mean I just think for for the president To call for a journalist to be fired pretty much in any circumstance, let alone for honest error, is an infringement on press freedom, a grotesque abuse of power, and I think potentially something that should be in the articles of impeachment when they're drawn up.
2: I, I think it's awful. I don't quite think, I, I'm not quite there with you on en- encroachment because it, it is uh, fighting speech with speech. I know that there's statute regarding w- what a uh, federal employee can do about private employment. And I know that that was an issue months ago, I believe, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders was talking about, um, you may remember, uh, was it Jamil Hill? Uh, oh yeah, they about, called for
0: her to be fired too. Trump called for right. her to be fired too.
2: Yes, it, it's awful and it's it's of a of a with the rest of the ideology coming from the White House.
0: Every journalist understands that some level of error is inevitable. You avoid it all you can, but journalists write under time pressure, and in the best of circumstance, there are going to be some mistakes, hopefully small ones, but error is part of journalism. How do journalists make that case to the public in an environment where everything is being colored as malicious distortion?
2: I'm pausing only because I think that's a, a crackerjack of a question. There's a story I once read about in the book that where people who inspect the rotors for, um, for major aerospace engines, they can't do the job because the errors are so infrequent that they never even find the cracked rotors. In other words, the rotors are so often perfect and they, they, they have thousands and thousands of perfect rotors, and then they test them, and they put one with a little crack in it, and they don't see it because they're so used to seeing the perfect engine rotor. Yeah. And so, and so, a similar thing is pertains to this: is what is the acceptable error rate in journalism? What's the acceptable error rate in medicine? What's the acceptable acceptable malpractice rate, sort of in law, right? And we don't have an answer to that. We don't have any answer other than journalists saying that we we're going to make mistakes sometimes, and social media critics saying essentially no level of error is <laughs> is justifiable, right? Um, so there, this is a, uh, a discussion such as it is that's stuck in neutral or, or, or there's, it's just going nowhere, Jake, because nobody has a grasp of what is reasonable. You pointed out, you're like, okay, so we have these two big errors, there's negligence, um, there's the CNN error back in the spring, you're right about all of that. And could you say whether that is an unacceptable level of error, whether it's a, a, you know, a, a small level of error or somewhere in the be- in, in the middle?
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, it seems high all related to one story and the amount of time we've had collectively. But if there were one, it's it's totally subjective, as you say. If there were one and not three, that would still be a really bad error, but it wouldn't seem too much in the way it does now.
2: Right and 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 when they cluster, they really you know the, it becomes i don't I don't think journalistic organizations can possibly make that make that argument today. It just seems as though the whole world is tilted against them, and if they say this is not honest mistake, everybody says no, no, it isn't you know it's, it's you like are... the
0: Oscar Wildline with to to lose one husband uh, is is an accident to look lose two starts to look like negligence
2: <laughs> right it is uh it is It is not an argument that journalists want to be making. I think the best approach is just to put the head down and and make it right the next time.
0: And how do you think they should respond more generally to the way in which the president is very actively trying to make the press into a hate object? I mean, generally, it's the same, you know, keep your head down, don't be drawn into it, don't respond, but... At some level, boy, it's hard not to it's hard not to respond. And if you're if you're watching this, it doesn't feel like ignoring it is at all the right response, because what he's doing is such a transgression of democratic values.
2: Oh, it certainly is. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't think that they have. I, I You know, I think that like most of us, they've been basically uh, blindsided by this whole thing. You see CNN's PR shop will tweet out denunciations or responses or rejections of the president. I don't think those go very far, quite frankly. And I think, uh, Jake, really the best response is when the president has a success... That it's properly um, recorded, it's properly reported upon, but you know, quite frankly, he is not objectively having that many successes. <laughs> so he he can help this along by governing better, and so when the the good news comes. The news, org- news organizations should cover that honestly, and that will force Trump and Kellyanne Conway to tweet out the stories and I think that 's the best way um, to uh, to resolve this
0: so when, when they pass uh, the you understand scr- what I'm saying yeah but when they pass this grotesque tax bill which every neutral expert says is is economically counterproductive and possibly catastrophic, they do a story saying big political victory from for trump yeah it 's a political victory it's but it 's better for him than and getting the tax bill rejected. But the tax bill being rejected would have been a much better outcome for the country.
2: Uh, I I could not agree more with you. I, you know, I don't think that that would be that would be an example of something the president has done. But, I, you know, I can't see it being a success by any sort of uh, objective measure. Uh, but you're right. I think that what what will happen there is if it does uh, get passed, the, the dynamic that's been created is you'll see all these pundits saying, now this is a big uh, victory for the president, and they will get hammered <laughs> for, say, for saying that. And so it is really, really, um, it's all just stupid. That's the unfortunate part of being involved with this. It's all just dumb. You know, like, I mean, w- w- we're talking about whether the president watches four or eight hours of television each day. You know, we're talking about, you know, who who lies more. The the level of discourse and, you know, the, the level of engagement that we have in this country now is just – it is absurdly, absurdly puerile, and that's where we are now. You know, you and I have just talked about, you know, the, four years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if we were talking about the same topics, we would be talking about serious shit. But as it is, we're talking about bullshit, right? Uh,
0: I'm afraid I can't disagree, uh, Eric. Thank you for joining me on the show. I've been speaking okay. to Eric Wevel of the Washington Post.
2: I don't mean I don't mean that to disparage you and your question. No, I, I
0: agree. On the one hand, it's it's what we're talking about is blindingly obvious that journalists make mistakes sometimes and should be careful, and that the mistake is not a lie. And on the other hand, having to assert the fundamentals of how our press works in relation to the government according to the constitution and hundreds of years of right. practice having to reassert that every day because it's yeah. being challenged by the president is profoundly saddening and demoralizing
2: right exactly and the question about error rate i think is really the where 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 it's at it's a very good point so thanks for having me on i appreciate it
0: take care good to talk to you
2: okay man. yep bye-bye
0: That's it for today's show. Hey, next week on Friday, right before the Christmas holiday, we'll be doing the newest edition of the Trump Cast Book Club. We read Michelle Welback's novel, Submission. I really recommend that you read it with us, and you still have time. It's not that long, and it's a quick read. Our show was produced today by Jason DeLeon. John D. Domenico is our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trump Cast.